All right, here we go. This is installment. 65. <laughs> eight? We've done seven shows now, right? This is number eight. We'll go with eight. I think it's eight. Maybe it's nine. I don't know. Get, getting ahead of ourselves here. It's, I little, think it's a little pretty... different format, different side of the room. Yeah. We have updated the studio room here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, it's also been a minute since we did a podcast. I think it's been about three three weeks or so, two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Zach was the last one in here. Yeah, so I'm sure this is uh, episode number eight. Um, for today, we have our first repeat guest. Uh, we have Patrick back in the room. Uh, and we're going to we're gonna go into some business stuff, but we also have some announcements. Ryan, you uh, announcement for you for the future, uh, at least for the near term. This is going to go solo Jake for a little while, right? Yeah, just for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, travel a little bit. Go hit the world yeah. before everything comes to a crashing halt. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Think. try to have sex with as many hookers as I can. No, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Uh, you still, I, it still cracks me up. The time right before you came here, uh, you had to take your COVID test while you were in Mexico, and you posted a picture that said what again? Oh, because you can. So when you're leaving Mexico, you have to get a positive test or a negative test to come back to the states. Yeah, but you can get that test. The, the COVID test, and then you can go out and bang hookers and do cocaine in Mexico and still get out of there with a negative test. <laughs> so so the, the, the idiocy of it all is that... It, it, are you speaking from a perspective of Just in general. Experience? No, not personal experience. It's just what you could do in Mexico once you get a negative COVID test and still go to the States. Associates of yours, perhaps. So, yes. Yeah, associates. So essentially, the test is fucking bullshit. Yeah, it's it's ridiculousness. Um, Perhaps we should do a due diligence trip to Mexico to to find out to just see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're off off and at it again. There's lab work that could be done to prove the same point. Yeah, it'd be not as good of a a waste of money. Yeah, and there would be no movie script. I could just do it. Do you do you know people in Colombia? I don't even think I've asked you that. I don't know if I'm going to Colombia for. Oh, okay, right okay. Because they got some. Did I throw that out there and you didn't say that yet? Or I didn't say that yet. Oh, okay, but I was Colombia was my first option, but they have some fucking um, elections coming up on the 29th, wow. and it's supposed to get nasty down there, from what I hear. Yeah, I just saw uh, like Philadelphia, New Jersey, and a couple other places are putting mask mandates back on kids in school. Yeah. Well. So, Colombia, from what I see, is they have a the 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 person that is expected to win the election is going to implement the same kind of shit that fucking uh, Venezuela did. Mm. The same kind of you turn them into that socialist, you know, drop their you know, made them fucking like Zimbabwe money. Lovely, <laughs> exactly. Lovely. Looks like since we started recording, my mouse doesn't work as well. Trying to trying to incorporate some uh, some TV work here today. Uh, since we did rearrange the studio, but uh, looks like something we're gonna have to overcome. Well, let, let, let's go ahead and uh, jump into it, Patrick. You know, I thought you'd be a <clears throat> you'd be a great guest for this because of your you know your experience. You've you know uh, you tower tower uh, in the room. 
uh, with with experience. Uh, so so I wanted I wanted to talk about change management. Nerdy, right? Get into some, uh, you know, some business psychology, organizational psychology, and the discipline of change management and apply it to COVID vaccines. Now, I want to set the table by saying that I just looked it up. And according to the New York Times eight days ago, 40 million people have quit their job in the last year. I don't know. That clearly has been mostly since September because about, uh, I left my job about two, is it almost three months ago now? Uh, I looked it up and around that time it was 30 million. So we're up to 40 million people have quit their job. They've titled this the Great Resignation. It is, uh, it's, an, it's an insane historical event in my eyes. And um, I want to talk through it. Like, you know, as a business leader, we use change management and everything. And then also I'll apply the reality that if you look into the discipline of change management, it's become more and more popular. Like in my own experience in the organization that I used to work for, if you go back about five, six, seven years, there were like no change managers. And now there's people with that title. You mean like they appreciated longevity and stuff like that? I mean, um, I, I guess I guess historically it's mostly been like hunkered under like project management. So like the discipline of project management. But what I'm saying is we've separated out the importance of change management and really zeroed in on it. I think even... Um, because my degree, my my master's degree is in organizational leadership and change. And I remember hearing somewhere in there the emergence of the importance of change management and a discipline within organizations like over the 40, over the last 40 years has been just precipitous. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's a there's a, so so basically what I'm saying is businesses are appreciating it way more. It, more and more than than ever before, but I'm gonna start. I can't, I'm gonna start maybe with a little bit of a negative connotation here that they've lost their minds when it comes to particularly COVID stuff. But not only that, it, with you couple in some of the other like woke ideology. I know I, I'm I am I'm positioning myself very clearly. But I want to invite this conversation, try to roll it out from all sides. Um, <clears throat> so one, one of the things that I remember when I went through what's called ADCAR, ADCAR change management model certification, which for a, for a few years of my career, I was an internal consultant. And so, you know, I would basically go out into the organization and find big changes in particular and uh, work with executive leadership. And what does ADCAR stand for? Yeah, yeah. So, so ADCAR is awareness, an desire, yeah. awareness, desire, knowledge, knowledge, ability, and reinforcement. So ADCAR. Uh, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. And there's all kinds. I think probably the most famous is Cotter, is the Cotter change management model. Um, but we we were big in in our organization with ADCAR, so that was that was the discipline that I worked through. Um, I spent a lot of years studying that. I worked on big projects where I implemented, you know, the ADCAR model uh, to to 
move organizations through, um, you know, model changes, um, leadership change, kind of changes, all kinds of different stuff like that. Um, and, uh, so, so when I went through ad car training, I went through it in Manassas, Virginia back in like 2012, I think. So about 10 years ago. And I remember there was a statistic that I came across or that I, that like stuck with me. And it was that if you have 5% resistors, your ability to succeed in the change that you're trying to implement is significantly reduced. 5%. And so what I want to, and I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of stumbling into this. So I, I welcome all help in laying this out, but a contention that I'll make and, and I'm making this contention from the fact that I saw it, saw it firsthand since 2012. No, no. I, so I, 2012 all the way up to 2019, I, I was a consultant until 2015, I think. What I'm saying is I, I want to I talk about change management directly related to COVID, the COVID stuff, and like how are business leaders handling it? I'm arguing that the outcome is 40 million people have quit their job. And I don't have any data in front of me to speak to, but I bet you morale has been negatively impacted. In a disastrous economy. Yeah, and we have a disaster. Aside, we have aside you know, from all the other challenges. Bare shelves, you know, supply chain issues, prices are going up across the board. You know, productivity is obviously impacted. Um, you know, 40 million people have quit their job. But, but here's, a, here's the thing. What's the message that you're sending when you quit your job? It's the ultimate it's the ultimate sino resistance. Now, I'm not going to say that all 40 million people quit their job because of COVID. That would be nuts. That would be crazy for me to say that. There's there's you know, if you look whatever the normal and your argument is that essentially that the majority of the great resigners, yeah, have problems with the COVID rules and restrictions, be they vaccine mandates, mask wearing mandates, testing mandates. I think that forty million is a hundred percent. Well, that's it's all. It's okay. It's, so ninety nine point. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, just make, wait, it, just make it. But sure I that's, think that's where that forty million comes from is the COVID resistance. Well, there's well, there is a number of people that resign from their jobs. That's a normal average month over month. What we know is that that number has grown to like 4.5 million every month mm-hmm. and that it's massively higher than any other time in history. So it's an anomaly. But how many million? Nobody can argue that. It's an anomaly out there. The data is speaking for itself. A lot of people. I think, it would, be, people. I think it would be more people million, if, you can sp- if you consider people like my mom who's like, Man, I don't know about all this mandate shit or whatever, but I'm about to retire in a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there'd be millions of more people if they didn't have to like lose their whole career, right? Their whole retirement. Well, so that's an important point to make because it's, the same it's way not in Austria, it's, same way in Canada, same way in Australia, all these places that have harsh. Yeah. Well, it's an harsher lockdowns, mandates, if you will. I just think there'd be more than 40 million if there wasn't desperate people out there. Yeah. 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 So I think you're bringing up an important point because that's factored into this as well. So you have 40 40 million people have quit. With the balls to just say, fuck it. Yeah. And so, but you also have what I would call hostages. 
You have God. people being held hostage in their in in their role. They don't have enough money to quit. How many they, of those are there? Yeah, well, like I yeah. said, yeah. Hey, good a lot, a lot. Good you know, luck a figuring that out. Or a data scientist could. Dude, so, could like my mom's hospital, call they, they fired are... they fired all like forty percent of their staff that didn't want to get mandated. But then, how much of that staff left? Was against it, but well, now they just couldn't do it. Like in you Florida, said, so they're making big money. But they were hostages, like Jake said. They're fucking hostages. Some of them are travel well, nurses in friendly yeah, states. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's that's a big thing too. So it's a great but, opportunity for a lot of them. But well, here, outside of just being a nurse, I mean, there's other companies with other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, here's another problem that I have with all this: is have, I mean, have you guys seen the explanations from the experts on why why so many people are quitting? Let me see if I can do this. Let's. Let's test our capabilities here. We're going to be. We don't need no stinking producer. (laughs) Well, what I'll say is, uh, you know, while I was doing a little bit of research for this uh, and research, I mean, I looked up how many people quit. Um, So I typed in something like great, great resignation. How many people have quit? And. It was like every link. Was my, was my forty million kind of correct? Was yeah, it's right close? there. It's right there. That's that's what's up there. Wait, yeah. where, where, more, where? More where than forty. This is New York Times. More than forty million oh, people shit. left their jobs last year. I knew I saw that somewhere. Many in retail and hospitality. So I don't know. Maybe it was called the Great Resignation. In oh, in the last year. Okay, and then a uh, rush of other names. So we got it right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you were right on. It was forty. It's forty million people have quit their job. Um. You know, and the thing is, is they're saying in the last year, so it's, what, what is it, May? Coming up on June? Coming up on June 1st? The the number is not since May, June. The number is since September. And what happened in September? September 9th, Joe Biden went up on the air and said, if you have 100 or more employees, you need to mandate the vac- or vac- vaccinate or test weekly in order to keep your job. And then, of course, we had all the rules on the, you know, the government employees in the military that they had no choice. They just had to, they just had to vaccinate. vaccinate. Um, now we're left with a bunch of trannies in the military. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. You're not sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Take it easy, Jim. No. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, a little sidetracked with that. Um, but the point that I was just making is that uh, you know when I looked this up, I, I typed in "Great Resignation." How many people have quit? And just all the links. I had to look for a while in order to find this. It took me a minute. I had. I, it took me a minute to find this. All the other links. That popped up when I when I typed that in were all a bunch of expert explanations. Biden's on doing a great job, and this is why it's not wrong. And he's defending yeah. his gas prices inflation. He's making it yeah. sound like a good thing. Well, I remember one of the one of the ones that I just grabbed hold of a little bit ago was that uh, people are making more. They're they're leaving because they're making more at their new job. That does not pass the sniff test. Who's who's making more, by the way? I mean, what? You're saying that you leave as a it, it's worth it's worth deeper uh, investigation because I mean, there's there's are no you way. making more since you've left? Yeah, well, I haven't even tried to get another job, so um that's true. I mean, I put very little effort into it. Uh but, you know, I'm an executive level kind of person. I'm not going to make more money. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to make more money. So there's no way there's a bunch of people in seats like me and Patrick mm-hmm. 
who um you know, and you, and you you had a different reason for your for for you know your last job and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to lump you into because I because I quit because of the COVID stuff. Um, <clears throat> but we're not making more money. I I, I think right. is it, it so. But is it possible that you're a teller at a bank and you go work at McDonald's now because they got twenty two bucks on the sign outside? But that's happening. That's possible. That's absolutely sure. happening. Is that more than what the bank would be making? Yeah. 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 It's. I mean, it's. I go work at McDonald's for thirty bucks an hour. Shit, I worked there for teller, eight yeah. bucks an hour when I was fifteen. It's a wrestling match for sure. Uh, you know, employees. I, I can say that towards the end of my time, we were having a hard time. Um, uh, we, you know, so like a couple of years ago, we would post a position. We just have thousands of people applying for it every single time, and we would have our pick. Uh, but at the end, we were having we were having problems getting enough people to apply. And I'm talking frontline, frontline stuff here. Uh, enough people to apply to have a good package, uh, enough people to show up to the actual interview that we scheduled, and then, God forbid, we hired them. It was hard to get them to actually show up to work, and then if they actually showed up to work, it was hard to keep them for more than, like, three or four weeks or four months or whatever like that. So then you're just recycled back into the system, and you're trying to find, and they're running around. But um, that all is, like, a whole nother issue in my eyes i mean that's just that's just companies bleeding right into the inflation thing and to a certain extent they are being held hostage to doing that because it's a domino effect once a couple of companies start doing that then you don't really have a whole lot of choice you got to start you got to be competitive and try to bring people in so yeah the big the biggest the biggest organizations that everybody's complaining about not paying their fair share in taxes and all that kind of stuff are the ones that are capable and able to do it, but playing the game as well. And so then it just puts a lot of pressure on everybody across the board to hire frontline employees in and cascade that across the ranks. So it's a very, it's a very, uh, it, it's, it's another one of those situations that it all sounds really wonderful. It sounds great. And sure, do I want, do I want people to make a lot of money? And yeah, I want everybody to make a lot of money. But, but the, the whole system starts to fail through through, you know, moves like this. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, like we're kind of like going. forty million people thinking they can just go make more money at another job is just unrealistic, right? Well, what what I'm saying or on make this, nothing, yeah, or make or step down and, and work make a part time consulting nothing, yeah. gig because the juice is no longer worth the squeeze. Now, okay, so yeah, and th- and that's where we were going with that is that people are people are not. But forty million people are not leaving to go make more money. Is it possible that some of them are? I think we just rounded that out. Sure, some of them. It's probably a bunch of frontline. Probably it's probably one million of those forty million. It's, it's yeah. probably a bunch of frontline employees mm-hmm. because that's that's who they're that that's what this whole thing is is trying to attract. But when you get into you know management, junior executive, especially senior executive, I have a real hard time believing. That people are shuffling around to go make more money because that just doesn't seem that doesn't make any sense. How many to me. executive jobs are out there after the one they already had? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I look every once in a while. There's not a lot. There's not a lot of them floating around. Um, so, what are some of the other what What are some of the other things? I think it's I think it's definitely possible that some of the 40 million people are quitting because they just want a simpler life. Like, like it's it's mm-hmm. become it's become a situation where work today 
Um, it's like the hostages. So like, man, some of the ho- so it's the hostages that have the capability. There's a, that that's kind of this that's this demographic, I think. So it's the hostage who is fed up, and maybe they have enough money, and they're willing to go ahead and say, "Sayonara, keep your paycheck. I'm gonna go to one car instead of two. Um." I'll, I'll I'll go do something that pays me twenty thousand less or something like that or do nothing like we talked about, uh, but I'm going to simplify my life and I'm not doing this but, anymore. But when I say like like my mom is a hostage, right? Yeah. If she just quits now, like a year and a half or two years, whatever, before her retirement, she'll lose. No, no, no. So hundreds what, of thousands. You know what I mean? Like, so separate with me. So the hostages, like your mom, she's stuck. She's got to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's handcuffed to the job because she's close to retirement and all that stuff they're talking about. The person I'm talking about is the hostage. The 35-year-old or whatever. Well, yeah, for whatever reason, they're not they're not handcuffed. Or they've just said, the hell with it, I'm handcuffed, but I'm willing to give up. Gotcha. Maybe that maybe it's somebody who's willing to say, I'm five years away from retirement, but I cannot take it another day. So, yeah, I, have, I, I don't find it that hard to believe that some people in the uh, for some, the, the physical and mental health is more important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is me. This is the, I fit into that. I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I just got so I just got so annoyed and tired of um, just everything that was going on, and I I'm happy to simplify and not make as much and choose another way. You know. Um, you know what other reasons that seem logical that people would quit. Um, I don't know that it matters. I don't know that we need to get stuck there. But I think the overarching theme of this of of this point is that forty million people quit. That's insane. That is that's a D day when it comes to business. That's a D day, mm-hmm. D year, D six months, whatever. It's a <clears throat> It's, I mean, and, and honestly, it's hiding in the shadows of all the other, of all the other stuff that's going on. I mean, there's no way that, that something good's coming from that. And I don't know that we've entirely seen the, the effects of it. I, I don't know exactly what the effects well, of that are just in be, the last but. couple of weeks, I've been hearing that like all the layoffs and the people that quit and every, we haven't even seen it on paper yet. Like what it yeah, actually did, yeah. like all the product the productivity stats and all that shit we haven't even seen it on paper yet yeah well you think about like uh like 5 days in a row now i've seen uh morning morning headlines uh talking about the power grid is in trouble you know down the road awesome um we've heard even our lovely joe biden talk about food shortages um who's joe biden no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, if you don't have people doing the stuff, you're going to not have productivity. <laughs> if you don't have people working, then all the things that we are used to having are not going to be there. And like we said, we already are. We, some things are hard to get. Look at the baby food shortage or whatever. We're flying it in from Germany or wherever it was coming in from. The most powerful country in the world is shipping their baby formula from Germany. <laughs> And I, I, you know, some, some somebody who maybe has a, a, a counterpoint to us has got some explanation on how this is not related to COVID equals you know forty million people fire or at least some of the forty million 
quit their job and then that equals you know there's no more baby food on the on the shelves but i would argue how how could you not suspect that how is this not directly related how could you not I, it, well at least suspect it you know i don't know patrick what do you, what do you think they knew about it last fall they were planning in october ooh that's 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 an interesting stat well, they knew about baby food. Absolutely. That's, that oh, was really? That statement the press secretary. I mean, I feel White like House they've been meeting. talking about shortages for this stuff for like a but year. We saw no action. What yeah, is yeah, that? Until a few weeks ago. I, I don't know that I know what the official expert explanation is for why we don't have baby food. I, I, I don't know. I, we don't have baby food, just baby formula. Or formula, whatever. Yeah, why? I don't know what why, the, the difference is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What <clears> is the explanation for that? Why is it baby formula as opposed to... Broccoli or chicken breast or, or whatever the fuck or bread. bread. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but staying on track, productivity has definitely been impacted by all this. And so, uh, so let's say let's let's pretend like we're consulting business leaders. And and I'll and I'll put it like this. Here's what I I'm going to talk about what I went through versus what I wish would have happened um oh, ad car awareness so the first thing that you should do as a business leader is build awareness we have a change change is coming we need to do it on this one um i think what i would have liked to have seen is Lay the facts on the table. Um, and here, here's, here's the undeniable facts. Some people did not want to get vaccinated. Some people needed everybody to get vaccinated. And then there was a bunch of people in the middle. Who didn't give a fuck. Now, I will, I will admit or concede that the number of people who didn't want to get vaccinated is probably comparable to the people who needed everybody to get vaccinated. Right. You know, so, so like, okay, if I'm a business leader looking at this, it's like, okay, that's a draw. I'm pissing someone off no matter what I do. I, and on that point, hats off to all the CEOs and everybody in this era, because that was just, they were handed a terrible situation, a terrible decision make. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, so awareness. I mean, build awareness. First of all, we all knew what was going on. We all were dealing with COVID and everything for, what, two years by the time Biden laid this out. Um, I think most people heard, watched when Biden gave a speech, uh, saw it in the news the next day, saw it in their Facebook feed, whatever. Everybody knew that Biden said yes, you know, yesterday or last week or whatever it was, uh, back in September, that he said all businesses with a hundred people or more need to get vaccinated. So awareness, everybody, everybody sees that. So starting to stack the facts up, you got some that don't want to get vaccinated. You got some that need everybody to get vaccinated, and you got a whole bunch of people in between that are probably just not going to really weigh one way or another. Now you also have the pressure from the president of the United States telling you that you have to do this. Concede. I concede. That complicates it. 
if I'm a CEO, I'm like, yikes, that's that's a tough decision to make. Um, or if I'm a military contractor. Yeah, military contractor. Well, military contractors, they didn't have a choice. Vaccine or nothing. Yeah, you like vaccine or you lose your contract. So, right. So, I'm I'm conceding. You're on on this so far. Now I got a ways to go, because uh, you know there there's more to go. But uh, so, what other facts? I, I Help we, me out here. I think we lost a lot of people in February, January, February, March, 2020, because. Awareness also includes discussion and debate. Yeah. Or at yeah. least if you even if even if some of my people don't like the news as a CEO, I owe it to them to discuss the issue and explain the pros and cons that were reviewed. Yeah. Uh by the stakeholders that reviewed it and then lay it out and say this is the decision we're moving forward with. Yeah, and maybe that kind of and, segues a little bit into desire. But But, but the, you're talking about twenty that's but, before the vaccines were yeah. even around. Yeah, but but the movement to centralize control and have all westernized countries, if you will, or modernized countries, if you will, uh, adopt these lockdown standards that were against every pre-pandemic planning manual in every city, every county, every state, every parish, every province, every country, every uh, zone of a China from to Russia, to here. Against everything human rights. Against everything human rights, the Nuremberg, uh, you know, code, you know, everything. Yeah. And I and, think... And, and they and they had scientific evidence and papers to point to of why masks don't work and yeah. why, uh, why lockdowns aren't worth, you know, the, that juice isn't worth the squeeze is essentially what those studies said for decades. And then all of a sudden, China created this charade... Oh, we locked down Wuhan and shut down the virus. Look at what's happening in Italy. They can't control it. Lockdowns should happen everywhere. Yeah, and my friend, you and, you are... And boom, overnight, the media, you know, the, the narrative, you could play it on 20 different stations, read it in 20 different uh, you know, web sources or newsprint sources, and it's like one person wrote the entire script and all these reporters from all these different organizations are reading miraculously similar messages. Yeah, I think you bring up a good and, point and, and I, you are the best. You are we, the We lost a desire for debate. Yeah. <laughs> so there was no awareness. It just kind of happened. Oh, 2 weeks. I don't think we lost the desire for debate. Two weeks I to think the spread. Okay, I'm okay with that. I don't and think we lost the desire for debate. They just kept moving the goalposts. Don't you think we we lost and a right then, to debate? Then, yeah, yeah, and if you and if you question, you are sanctioned. You That's are sanctioned. what I'm saying. You like, are, yeah. you're taken off Twitter. You're taken off, you know, other other social media platforms. And, exactly. Uh, there, there is no town square. Well, let me close the door on awareness. I think awareness, because because you're making a great point, and I'm trying to tell you, you are the most well spoken person on data from COVID, especially from. We haven't changed our pre pandemic plans, by the way. Nobody in Europe, nobody in, in the Americas has changed their pre their, their official pre pre pandemic or pandemic. Uh, get ready for Scam. shit to happen. Scam get ready pandemic. for shit to happen, man. You know, they still don't recommend it, but that's what we're in the middle of. That's what we're living in the middle of. Yeah. Well, I think you're hitting on desire a little bit. So awareness, just so I'm talking about what I wish I would have seen. I wish I would have seen. I would have. I wish I would have just seen somebody Where, say. I have, I have a terrible decision to make. I could have been like, "Amen." 
Amen. I, I don't I don't blame you for that. I I don't I, I I can at least I can at least appreciate the acknowledgement of that. Um, mm-hmm. and all I'm gonna say is that I I didn't I didn't see that. <sighs> Dad, will you head down a little bit? We we scroll this down on the on the thing over here, just on the keyboard. <laughs> So professional. So, I'm trying to get to the to the part where it says awareness, desire. Nothing about this needs to be professional, Jake. Yeah, it's okay. Don't get so stressed. It's all good, buddy. No, I'm not stressed. I'm good. I love you. I, no, no, down. There's there's word. There's like words where it like defines all of it. Yeah, down more. There you go. There you go. All, all the definitions. More. There's there's another one down there. So that all those. Yeah, there, there you go. Oh, there you That's go. Perfect. Right oh, there. You see the five right there? All right. Awareness without the awareness uh, for the need to change. Change will not happen. So I don't know. You know, there, there's, there's. Yeah, you've got to create some pain or some opportunity. You got to sell things to people. Yeah, to get so, people, that to sounds. Get people to that, do God, that's Jesus. Amen. A, a leader, Dude, you know, you're not, you're not going to have the opportunity. Leadership the pain, is not right? my way. The highway. Leadership yeah. is. Let me show you why this is the right way. To yeah, go. And, and and in fact, I, once I show you, you'll want to show others. And because, I think because my message is so powerful and so compelling that who wouldn't want to jump on board and you know have this wonderful i don't know wonderful plan to improve some kind of situation in your in your work life or your personal life but but here's something that i've said uh, people should want to we we should have want to leaders not have to right right but but here's the thing here's here's something i always used to tell leaders is not every change is not everybody's going to want every we're not always going to want every change some change hurts and we got to be and we got to be able to handle some of those too mm-hmm. um so i think that applies to this um my w- the reason i say that is because culturally in organizations i i i worry about almost exactly what i saw in this is that we create this this you know ready to change environment so far to the point that everybody's just willing to change for anything because that's the that's the cultural norm that's the popular way to behave all, all the kids are doing it yeah all the kids are doing it so like that's kind of that's that's very good for business most of the time but sometimes especially if we're about to make a decision to drive off a cliff and there's a couple people sitting in the room going uh have we thought about this? Because, but nobody says it because it's not the cool kid thing to do. Right. Is that oversimplified? Yeah. <laughs> it is oversimplified. Could, could be. But you understand? Do you do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so awareness. But yeah, you're right. Like sell it, sell it, and and on this particular one, I'm not going to get. I, I don't know that I'm going to change my mind on getting vaccinated because a CEO. And by the way, we're not talking about a CEO in all these meetings. It cascades through the different ranks. Like it's part of your job as a senior executive, as a junior, as a middle executive, as a junior executive, as a manager, and so on and so forth. But it starts at the top for sure. <clears throat> and uh, you have to be able to equip people with. Creating the awareness 
for the need to change. Mm -hmm. So let's move into desire. All I'm saying on awareness, we close the door on that before we move, yeah. is that I wish that somebody would have just acknowledged and brought awareness that I know we have a tough decision to make. I bet a lot of people would have been, that would have bought some credibility with a lot of people. And I'm talking about me because that's all I can, that's the only I can represent. Uh, but I can tell you that I've had that conversation with quite, quite a few people. Desire. <clears throat> Desire is the part. So it says on here, if you don't provide empowerment and engagement towards the change, change will be lost. How do you apply empowerment to get vaccinated and test weekly or you're out? Um, but I don't think that was the I don't think that was the challenge in this, though. You got to you got to create some desire for people to um I guess abide stay I need you I I I need you like I'm you know I'm you do not want to do this. And so I think that's the other thing too. This is usually as a practitioner and a consultant this is where we would focus on resistance. And if you get really nerdy with it, there's like assessments, surveys, you know, this is where you usually have a consultant sitting in a room with a focus group and, you know, talking about it and creating a real comfortable environment. What we say in here doesn't leave, you know, and, the, mm -hmm. and a good consultant will come out with a good assessment of how much resistance you have. Um, uh, uh, you know, among many other things, but for sure in the desire state, you're looking to see how many people desire this change and then how many I'll, don't. I'll desire the Can change. Can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah. What do they look for? Like, what is a consultant? What does a consultant look for when they're assessing those numbers? Well, I said I said it. Up like, top. You, like you said that, like the, the executives are talking about like no loose lips don't be ex talking about this shit outside of what we're talking about so how does the consultant evaluate this just out of curiosity well no loose lips it's just basically saying hey we're in a meeting right now i need to i need to get a real gauge from everybody i, I need i need everybody to be real comfortable it. Like if like if you I need you to be able to ask any questions that are on your mind. I need you to um I'm going to deliver the message of this meeting with 30 people or 15 people or whatever to leadership. And this is going to be a vital message for them to hear. So I need you guys to really feel comfortable. I'm going to ask everybody here to be really confidential. Like, you know, the one guy in the back of the room that stands up and goes, why the hell are we doing this? You know, it's not it's not cool to, like, leave here and go to your boss and say, well, Richard stood up and said, why the hell are we doing this? Like, don't do that to each other. Let's 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 make this a, a safe room, you know. So that's what that looks like. What are the what is the consultant looking for? Um, <clears throat> you're looking you're looking for honesty. You're, you're looking for sincerity. You're not looking for, you know, hey, you're going to get a good performance review if you're the most into what we're doing. And if you do have an issue, I need to hear it because you might be representing many other voices and I and then I can do something with it. But if you just sit there quiet, then I then I can't really do anything. 
And then I can tell you that from my time as a as a consultant, there would be times that I would ho- hold like a focus group, and you're not le- you're not leaning on just on focus groups. Like I said, you got you got surveys, you know, you got you got meeting with bosses and kind of their their assessment of their team. It depends on like how deep the the change is going to go. Um. But focus group is part of it. But I might I, I have done focus groups where I'm sitting there kind of reading the room and I notice there's like three people in the room peppered throughout. And I'm like, mm, I bet they have more to say. They're just not going to say it in here. And so I would circle around and I would try to try to get an opportunity to talk to them just independently. And I would solicit some information. Now, what I don't want to sound like is that you're just trying to poke a hole and, you know, come back to leadership and say like, ah, this is why you shouldn't do it. But you need the sincerity. I mean, most of the time people in my experience previous to all this, uh, you know, you hear things like, uh, I don't want, you know, I don't want to change supervisors. Um, you know, I don't, I, 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 I don't want to move from this product to another product. I like that. I work on this product. And this change, I think, might be putting me in a situation where now I have to move from, you know, Ford to Chevy or whatever. I mean, I'm just being really facetious with that. But uh, that's the kind of things that historically usually come up. But you start throwing COVID out there where, you know, my argument is you're the, the problem that you're putting at people's feet is you're asking you're you're like. It's a it, it blurs into a personal decision. You know, and so going back to what we're talking about in desire, this is where you do resistance identification and resistance management. Um, and a lot of times. So 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 to talk about resistance management. So once let's say that you would get into a situation where you can kind of identify some of the resistors, you can identify a team that's maybe a bit more resistant than the other teams. You can identify a middle manager that's like more resistant than the other middle managers. And you do some work there. You do some work. You do some things like. <clears throat> if, if you did that today and people were truly open and honest in these focus groups and discussions, yeah. safe places, 97% of us would say no masks. Oh, I, the, the average yeah, citizen most people, has, yeah. been, has been unconvinced. Absolutely. By, clearly by display on their behavior on airplanes that, you know, we can say, oh, it's a 50-50 issue and it's still debatable. It's not debatable in the, in, in the opinion of the common man and woman today. Yeah. And it wasn't debatable pre-March 2020 from decades of research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, from from our own from our own health experts who had to change their tune for some ungodly reason. The amount of complaining that I heard about masks and same with same with all the lockdowns. You know, they, we we bought it hook, line, and sinker for the first two weeks. Yeah, because uh, it was only two weeks. The yeah. first two weeks. That's two, so two now weeks. We're fucking for, now crazy. We're here two years now. later, and we're still debating this. And some places are still yeah. severely locked down. And you got kids that are being forced to wear masks. First of all, kids don't get COVID, and if they do, yeah. it, they don't. They don't carry symptoms, and it doesn't kill them. And you know, it's. Uh, what, did, yeah. what, what did I just see? Like, it was it, like a week ago. I sent you. We a were text. having. We were. We were having more teachers die away from school by not being in school than if they were in school. 
Yeah. School was the safest place to be during COVID. I'm telling you, man, I, I heard I, the amount of complaining that I heard about masks for 18. OK, I'll give I'll give it a little like maybe up front the first couple of months, uh, maybe maybe a little less. But like at some point it got to be like so over. And then me myself, when I'd go out, when I'd actually have to go out and visit. <laughs> I, I just I wanted to yeah. blow my brains out by the end of yeah. the day I, by yeah. by lunchtime, you know. I was I was more than happy to be sitting on the sidelines during all that. Oh and my god! Never had my photograph with the mask on, and only wore them when I had to. Yeah, like so, to check out. Yeah, the rest of the time in the store, I'd drop it down and risk an altercation with Karen. <laughs> I was in a communist country for the first six months, <laughs> so uh, I had to wear my mask. <laughs> you were, you said you were wearing your mask even when you were like running outside, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. For the oh first for God. the first well, fuck six months of COVID, anywhere I went outside, I had to wear a mask, and that meant on the on my six mile runs. So like a mile into oh. it, I'm like fucking drenching it out, and anyway, that's horrible. It's so stupid. But it was a communist country. All right. I mean, there's nothing I could have done, you know. Well, basically, this was a communist. Oh, <laughs> hey, oh, but it really was a communist. I mean, like straight up commie government. Um, <clears throat> all right. So so collecting thoughts here, staying on track. So the 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 desire piece, you're you're doing resistance, identification, resistance management. Uh, this is another place. I saw no resistance management. I saw no I saw no effort. And I know of no effort. And I I don't I, I would venture to say I would be surprised to find that any company like what companies out there like said was out there trying to find out like who who just who's just this is this is like a line in the sand for them. Let's get let, let let's do something with that group. Let's bring them together. All right, here's another place where I'll concede with business leaders. There's some legalities to that, I suppose. Although I guess not, because if you're allowed to ask who's vaccinated and who's not, then you have the data. Where's the focus groups to pull the, you know, people that are not vaccinated and this is raining down on them? Mm -hmm. Where's the effort to go out and, uh, you know, solicit people that are just like, upset? We're just going to let them quit like they're worthless? That, I, that's I, what they I'm did, just, right? I'm, I'm just telling you, I think, that's what, I think that's, what, that's what you do. You go out there and you try to figure out who's... who's uh... Well, what I'm saying is the pr- productivity, it's almost like they wanted it to be fucking fucked with. Does that it's, make sense? I know that doesn't sound like educational. It, it definitely, but like, it definitely seems like they just let these people go like nothing. It definitely feels pretty haphazard. I will say that it it, it, it has all felt pretty haphazard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's every industry, and, and so like I'm on this point, I'm not. I'm I, you know I'm talking about everywhere. Um, look at the pilots for a while. They just, you know, we had like a huge issue with pilots. Look at the truckers for a while, you know, had a huge issue. It was on the news. They have like a big trucker, you know, convoy in Canada. Yeah, yeah, look at the convoy in Canada and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, look at the nurses, the doctors, quitting, you know. Um, long term, we'll have a lo- we'll have a huge shortage of healthcare professionals. Oh, for sure. Who the who in the workforce, especially in states that are more draconian with their one size fits all healthcare approach. Who in their right mind would go into healthcare these days? <laughs> I mean, ugh. you know, when I was in uh, when I was in school for my undergrad, I almost I, I went business management. I almost went hospital management because of all the stuff that we were dealing with in my family thank god bailed me out of that decision oh my god um but the data speaks for itself this is this has been wildly rejected and and like where's the build desire where's the build desire from the government we all saw that right where's the build desire nowhere there's no build desire there's Lie, obfuscate the truth, manufacture data, claim that their studies or our re, our our data indicates. Well, you don't you don't have any published studies. Yeah, to prove that these masks are working properly. Yeah, not studies that are reliable and not influenced by big pharma. There's a moving time bar on this on this part too, where. Um, I business leaders across the landscape had that Biden speech with a hundred or more that, and I will say in my own experience that they fell back on as like, well, we got to do it. We have to do it. But simultaneously, especially once you get into like late December, January timeframe, it was January uh, 13th, January 13th, I think is when the Supreme court ruled that Biden can't, Biden can't do that. Biden can't do that. Now, I know that businesses still can do that. But what I'm, the point that I'm making is that business leaders acted like, well, you to, know, the to, government said. To the said, degree that their actions comply with state laws. Yeah. Because this issue really was a state. state yeah, a state, state, state to state, state, state. Yeah. State to state issue. Which is the beauty of federalism. That's why you have the success of Florida. Wide open economy since essentially May 2020. Yeah. When they said, wait a minute, two weeks. It's been two months now. Bullshit. Fuck you. Let's go. We're not doing this. And they had virtually identical, if not better, six, you know, deaths, hospitalizations, total cases than, than Florida. Yeah. What was and like Florida was the most locked down state in the nation tw- next to New York and best possibly New Jersey, Illinois, Connecticut, Connecticut, maybe. Yeah. And then, but, and then working against us as we had 10% of the country move wait, here. Wait, wait. Florida and, was locked down pretty crazy. No. Just for a couple of months, there was some restrictions, but nothing like what we saw in New York and California. Oh, I get you. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Florida was criticized for that, but the results. The, the data, data speaks for itself. Once again, the data speaks for itself. And then, and then the point that I'm making that we had an enormous amount of people moving here, a, a small and, city's and it's worth always, of people. It's the number one tourism state, so you're the getting thing the maximum I think we're exposure. Missing here? It is from, from other states. the people that make the fuck? Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. Say, what were you saying? Sorry, I'm sorry. No, Florida, in addition to having people move here, so you have an influx of people, which has a propensity to increase spread of a disease. Yeah, absolutely. But the regular tourism that's going on. Yeah. That, you know, that, and, because and, and we're be, open. And because you're the only one that's, that's open, anybody's going to travel anywhere. You know, Florida's going to be high on the list. 
So, so my thing. So you oh, you increased the risk of spreading. Arguably, <laughs> yeah. that was the argument. You increased the risk of because you're a tourist state, and none of that proved to be true because people with healthy immune systems that got sunlight every day, vitamin. I don't understand how that could possibly. But, but be you passed. guys they are acting. You guys are right. acting like the data matters <laughs> to the people <laughs> that are making the decisions. Oh, that's a yeah. Well, yeah. We said the data. Boo, yeah, yeah. We said the data matter. You know, we re- required cost benefit analyses <laughs> on all these. If data mattered, we'd be out of this ideas. in 2020. <laughs> we wouldn't have started. What, was, what were you saying, Patrick? Right, Patrick? If it was about the science, why weren't we telling people to up their vitamin D? 80% of the deaths were vitamin D deficient. You know how many times me and Ryan have had a conversation about not wearing our sunglasses because of what you the data that you've yeah. talked with us? I mean, it's only a handful a of times. The only reason I wear off. them now is to be cool. <laughs> Otherwise, I take them off. <laughs> you only, it's only 15 minutes a day, but it's 15 minutes a day in direct sunlight, and you'll make enough vitamin D to... I don't wear them on my runs in the morning because of you, yeah. Patrick. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we, I mean, it's a handful of times that we brought that it's up. It's a privilege to inspire you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but right, if, it, if it were about public health, we would give at least give people a Z pack and or send them home with a negative fake PCR test or a positive fake PCR test. Oh, with your if your lips turn blue, go to the emergency room. You just told me I have this life threatening disease, which is a lie for ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent of us that are below the age of seventy five. Once again, data driven. Uh, but okay, you scared me to death. Now I need this test. Now I need, oh my god, I've got a positive test. Now what do I do? We got dick for you. Go home. Well, that's a uh, <laughs> straight up. You're creating stress and anxiety in the patient that way. Yeah, making them more susceptible to weaken their. You're 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 weakening their immune system by telling them that they're sick of a deathly ill disease and giving them nothing to help them when it's proven that uh, HCQ, ivermectin, other therapeutics can work i think that was the, the point though yeah i think that's what the fucking point was they want to weaken us yeah. and it's not just yeah. ivermectin they want to weaken HCQ, our immune system they there, don't want us to know the other anti-inflammatories or other antihistamines or other uh you know things that can help treat this disease and so they can say they're not going to let you prescribe ivermectin or they're not going to let you prescribe this they they have other drugs that do the same thing but here's another concession I'll make is, you know, that whole that whole line of thought that we just went down. I'm st- trying to stay on the perspective of the business leader. Yeah, that's a whole nother. You got all that working against you on this front because your your job is to get everybody to accept the change that's coming is you have to either get vaccinated in order to keep your job or you have to vaccine and you have to take a weekly test. So you're battling all that. And then, you know, now, so where's the awareness or acknowledgement, not to step back, but in in, a, in an effort to build desire mm-hmm. that, you know, you know, there's all this stuff floating around. You know that this is why a bunch of people feel the way that they do. At least say that. At least, at least acknowledge that. And, you know, I, I bet what happened... Um, and I did see this myself uh, quite a few times, was just all the, the political polarization just came right inside the walls. It was, oh, God, I have this, I have this really annoying employee who doesn't want to get vaccinated. He wants to get moved from this place to that because, you know, he's just too stubborn to get vaccinated. 
that kind of shit is being said. That's exactly that's the exact kind of shit that was being said in conference mm-hmm. conference rooms. And I couldn't have been the only one to hear it. Are you, and that's are just you insane. saying? Are you saying like why didn't these executives at least say? I mean, what are we doing here? Like, why don't we break it down and blah 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 blah? Because yep. those executives had an executive above them with pronouns in their profile. <laughs> That's you, why you can't just say whatever you want when your boss is a fucking liberal pushing vaccine motherfucker with pronouns in the thing. Well, you know, you put it harshly, but I do think that there's there's definitely some. It, yeah, I mean, that exists. You know, you you have a various form of pressure I'm, to I'm in favor of pronouns as long as mine are Lord and his lordship. <laughs> I mean, I'd we can okay get into the religion that. part hey, guys, of it, whatever. Guys, okay let's, let's try, try to lose all our listeners here today. Let's <laughs> we, one of my am, I, am I wrong, though? I have, no, a, I have a colleague on LinkedIn. That's his... Uh, what, what are they? Lord, Lord and, and his lordship. Listen, Lord and listen lordship. if I was making $300,000 a year, and that, and maybe I didn't have the means to lose that income, and my boss had their pronouns and a bunch of liberal shit on their LinkedIn or whatever the fuck, then I'd be a little hesitant to speak against it too. Yeah. yeah. And ask yeah, a bunch sure. of questions sure. and fucking whatever. Right. But just right. to be clear, we're not talking about pronouns. We're talking about the whole COVID thing. I know and, we're not talking about pronouns. That's one but, little but yeah, thing. Yeah, that's yeah, the... yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole... that I think that's worthy of, of being talked about too, is that it, 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 this is the part where but, I'll but layer... But that's what you were just saying. You were saying like... Why haven't these people, why don't they just, in the boards or in these meetings that they have, why don't they speak up? I yeah, think yeah, that's just, why they don't speak up. Well, well, it's two things that I'm saying. I'm saying one is why don't they speak up, like speak up, but also what I'm really trying to hit on is why don't, why don't they just acknowledge? This is, we've Speaking all, up and acknowledging is the same thing. Well, well, I'm talking about two different directions. Speaking up. This is a bunch of bullshit, but also speaking down. Hey, I know it's a bunch of bullshit, but we're trying to get through it. We're trying to get through it. We're trying to keep as many people on the ship. We're trying to have as much compassion and empathy across the board and listen to what everybody's got to say. And, oh, by the way, we're doing all this uh, while we're running diversity and inclusion training. But who's listening to the person who's like, I'm not getting vaccinated? There's no diversity and inclusion for someone with a religious exemption for a vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Or a medical exemption for a vaccine. Yeah, so I mean... The overwhelming majority of the government agencies and private companies that have claimed that they honor exemptions for people like my son with autism and a higher risk of myocarditis than, you know, from taking the shot than he has of ever getting COVID or even being hospitalized with COVID, let alone die. Uh, you know, so he would be forced to take that choice or you know, someone in that position would be forced to make that choice against their will. Yeah. And so there's no acknowledgement of that and there's no empathy for that position that someone might be in. Yeah. And I think that's where you lose all your awareness and desire and <laughs> ability to reinforce anything you want to do. Because if you didn't care about me and my unique personal medical situation, that's protected by HIPAA, by the way, which is the other entire hypocrisy of this entire COVID debacle is it's shredded HIPAA. No doubt. No doubt. You're making me mad now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you didn't have to go through it. Or let's say I'm black and I have a... I'm I'm just mad for him. That's all. Let's say I'm black and I'm 40% more to have an adverse reaction, you know, to, you know, in my respiratory system to this vaccine. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, how about how about this? I'll have desire to follow your orders, Mr. Biden. When the long-term studies come through, yeah. How long do the long-term studies come through on any vaccine? Seven to ten. Fifty years, years is what they're yeah, saying. Yes. <laughs> like, well, like... No, seventy-five years to release all the data yeah. because <laughs> the data is not kind. The data is not kind to what it did to pregnant women. Uh, they were screened out of the trials. Elderly with with allergies and other other adverse reactions to other drugs were phased out of the trial. Were they just kind of weeded themselves out of the trials? Uh, they they polluted the placebo group uh, by giving them the vaccine, so we don't have clear data for year one, at least. <laughs> so now we're eight to eleven years before good data actually comes through on some of the stuff. So, whenever that long term data comes in, I will review that data and I'll render my decision on desire <laughs> if I want to jump on board. True that. Your, so I, I think your, that's incredibly rational. Pseudo vaccine. Really. Shit. Well, it's it's incredibly rational, but like it's once again, I concede that like business leaders didn't have that. They, they just don't have that. What, and Republican, Democrat, or Trumpian, uh, warp speed, shredded that time tested, you know, fifty seventy five year vaccine approach. We're going to test them for seven to ten years before we roll them out. Yeah, because we don't know all the adverse reactions till they pop up. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, they, they can happen years later. Staying on the perspective of a of a business leader, I mean, you have no control over that. I mean, there's uh, no. I, now, what I say, what I will say, was never the way to treat these these types of these chronotype diseases, especially what I, mandatory. Now, a, a a a shot that I will fire is against the CEOs. Because the CEOs are the ones that do have power. Very few stood up. They should have. Like just like very few churches stood up when, yeah. when, oh, when God. their rights were, yeah. were offended. You know, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah so you know, we we say we fight for freedom. We say people like you fought for our freedom. But we don't do much to protect our freedoms once, you know, after you give up arms, legs, and lives to, yeah. to make that freedom possible for us. We don't seem to cherish it that much. Yeah. We just give it away at the... Because somebody in white coat says two weeks to slow the spread. Oh, so C- CEOs had a based C- on faulty data from Niall Ferguson, who has pushed out faulty data, faulty modeling data before. See the crap out of us. The the failure of courage and sensibility of CEOs across the board in the last two to three years has been just in enormous. They, they, they cowarded down behind all this. They, they could have easily changed the course of all this if they would have spoke up, but they just they just folded. And I and I well, have and I have I have no apologies well, for saying love, that. Keep in mind, governments love oligarchs. The Pentagon loves its handful of companies because they only have to do that much uh, paperwork on vendor due diligence. You know, we don't need hundreds of quotes. We or hundreds of vendors. We only need aren't aren't those companies the ones making them billions of dollars? Yeah, so they don't so, give a fuck. So everybody goes home happy, and they move back and forth from agencies to private industry, agency to private wait, wait, wait. industry. Who's everyone that goes home happy? The top one percent. Yeah, right? the top. Yeah, the executive. And then and, we get and, shit on. Who become the uh, secretary or the director of the FDA or the director of uh, the NIH and, uh, and and other agencies? And it's just a. The swamp is bigger than even Trump <laughs> told us. The swamp includes all these large companies. Because when you have all these large companies, anytime you need to need, meet, need, meet a funding role, funding goal as an agency of government, you don't, you don't win, win your funding fight in, the, in Congress. 
So you, you just go fine one of your big oligarchs and say, yeah. pound sand if you don't like paying the fine. So I need how, money for more auditors. How is Trump not one of those oligarchs? Oh, God, dude. No, that's not. No, we're not going to Okay, okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's a whole other discussion. Yeah, I mean, I I, I understand why you asked that, but I mean, I think it's just Johnson and Johnson CEO and Trump are best friends. It's Who cares? I mean, it's just going to take us down a different trajectory. Um, But I I want to quantify. But but the control, but, but regulatory control by private industry. Sorry, I don't mean to shut you no, down. No, I'm just saying. No, no, it was one of the great revelations, I think, of COVID. How you, know, I mean, how you can't logically argue for what we did. You can't logically argue for how we managed this disease. You can't logically argue for how we forced ventilators onto people yep. at 20 reps per minute when their, when their lungs were physically only capable of going 8 reps per minute. And that's why we killed more people on ventilators. Than, and you than can't explain to. how it just disappeared out of thin air. And it just shows up whenever elections show <laughs> Yeah, but, um, but That's so but. But Corp- large, large international corporations control our politicians. But I want, I want, I want to quantify on both sides here. of the aisle. Yeah. Sure. Let, let's let's get back to the resistance identification and resistance management. I'm so sorry, I, we're back to we're doing business school. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got off track there. I should. Shut no, no. Off. I mean, no, no. It's a, it's all been it's all been good. I'm not I'm not bothered by all that. I'm just saying I want to. I've got a thought floating around. I want to get it out there. Um, so so going back to the resistance identification and res- resistance management. I mean, we don't have any. We we have no data in front of us. These businesses did. They, uh, you know, at least from what I know, they collected up who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated. So they had that. Um, you know, you could have... Every one of those lists is a HIPAA violation, by the way. Who, you know, who do you surmise is probably going to be in the resistance category? Uh, probably the unvaccinated. But here's the thing. In my experience, it wasn't just the, the unvaccinated. There was a whole bunch of vaccinated people that were like, I got vaccinated for this reason had, or whatever, but I think it's fucked up that we're making you, everybody do it. But I don't think it should happen. I'd say about half the people I know that got vaccinated feel that way. Yeah, uh, a lot, a more, lot, of, more, lot, of, yeah. lot of the people that I know that feel that way. Um, I mean, they, they, didn't get a, they didn't get as mad about all this because it just, it just burned them less. But... Uh, um, but what could you? What could we surmise? Here's the thing: when when I was told, just to, once again to give my own experience here, when I was told that, and this was probably like September. So Biden's speech was on September 9th, I believe. Uh, so I got I had this message given to me and my peer group about about two weeks later week and a half later to somewhere somewhere less than three weeks and somewhere more than a week and a half who cares um starting on this date in january if you're not vaccinated starting on this date in december if you're not vaccinated you have to pay more for your insurance and starting on this date in january if you haven't been vaccinated you have to take a test every week in order to report there's some variations of that. Depends on if you go to work every week and all that kind of stuff, because there was still some telework going on. <clears throat> on that day, I pulled up. It wasn't just that day. I was looking at it every single day. But on that day, 55% of the United States was vaccinated. 45%, that means, was unvaccinated. So on the day that that message was delivered, really close to half of the country was still unvaccinated. Now, if you're a business leader, for their own reasons, if you're a business leader, 
How do you not consider that a massive, massive risk of major resistance? I mean, I think that I think the number today is only like seventy percent. Am I right? Uh, you know, I don't know. We could, we could look it up, but it's uh, but it's on version and seventy to seventy to seventy five percent of people are vaccinated. So from that time, the damage that did. Forty million people quit their job. Whole bunch of people left the military, kicked out of the military. Veteran benefits taken away, all that kind of bullshit. And he moved the he moved the mark. And I'm saying him, Joe Biden, he moved the mark fifteen percent. What a bunch of bullshit! What an enormous seventy percent of the population is vaccinated. I mean, I think so. I think I think it's around there. Who's, who's got a phone? Pull it up and look. Looking I, at over eighteen, I think. The 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 uh, look up USA. That's what I used to. USA had a good poll. Um, where where the hell is my phone? I don't even know. I must have left it out in the poll burn. I mean, um, oh, is it right there? There, we hand that over. Thank you. See if we can find it real quick. Moment of silence who's for gonna, our homies. Who's gonna do it? Who's gonna there do it? Go. Moment, moment. Ah, sick. Uh, fuck, it's gonna say the nation. I mean, there is a real easy po- uh, graph that pops up with it. 79% of Florida has at least one dose. What's the, what's the national fully vaccinated number? Yeah, I'm not finding that. But I'm just finding other numbers, but it sounds like your 70 percent is reasonable. It does. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. it's reasonable. So, so I'm seeing all these different. But, but what I, what, what I can say is that whatever day this was in mid to late September, the number was 55:45. And 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 the point that I'm making with all this, because I don't want to get so far off the the beaten path here, is that where where was the logical ex- senior executive C-suite? Uh, consideration for the risk, and then and then I will say that going back to what we talked about in the beginning to set the table with the numbers is that all I all I consider the forty million people that have quit is just reinforcement for the fact that what I was shouting because I was definitely speaking up. I was I put my I don't think I was going to I think I was pretty much uh putting my career on the line to speak up. Um <clears throat> loud and clear, uh I feel like the 40 million people that quit is just reinforcement for what I was what I was warning. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know, I don't personally know how to look at that as anything other than the fact that they were just all blind or stupid. And I'm sorry to put that so harshly, but it's, I mean, I'm I super just, offended. <laughs> what are you apologizing for? This Blind or stupid. This is our podcast, bro. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Or a combination of both. Not enough yeah. critical thinking skills and blinded by the information that you get because it's all from one side. Yeah, absolutely. You know, going back to, you said something that really, uh, that really spoke to me and my experience too. Uh, you were saying the desire. You said you tied that to respect. I don't know if you can remember what you were saying, but that's what that's that's the cliff note of what I what I grabbed onto. Patrick was tying the desire to the respect, and and I mean ultimately that's well, how can I have you for how can I have mutual respect for someone who tells me to do something that I think is dumb 
that I, you know, and that 17,000 scientists yeah. have done. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. are willing to sign letters and beg and plead with leaders to stop the madness. Well, that was, that, so, that. And the science, or, or even making an argument that the science is settled. My God, that's the, that's the antithesis of science. Yeah. Science commands and demands debate. Yeah. Com- and, commands being the key word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I, I mean. Essentially, we, that's what happened for me. Uh, when you couple a whole conglomeration of things, the the you know forcing the vaccine thing with with no no effort or acknowledgement of the controversy of it all, you know, throwing out the diversity and inclusion, but not listening to you know people who are basically saying, "Wait a minute, I don't want to do this." Um, I won't go into it, but a slew of other just things right out of right out of all the, you know, local headlines, all the new fads in the world just popping up in your walls. Um, And we were talking about it the other night. You know, people people are sending messages in other ways, too. Look at look at like the poll. Look, Look at look at like the Nielsen ratings for like the Academy Awards. Nobody watches anymore. The Will Smith thing, you know, I mean, that got a bunch of, but like nobody watched that night. No, everybody. No, the only reason every, you knew it existed was because you heard the next day that something happened. You know, we were talking about this a little bit. You know, sports. They talk about they talk about politics. Uh, you know, CNN's ratings are way down. I mean, I'm not trying to go into like the whole angle of what we were talking about, but the point that I'm making is like people are not watching all this crap anymore. The more that we see a uh, an athlete or a ce- celebrity or somebody else talking about politics, people are turning that shit off. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're rejecting it. So I can understand, and you know, a feeling I had is the last thing that I want to do is to come to work for eight hours and then listen to it here. Is there nobody considering the fact that everybody doesn't want to hear about all the latest, you know, social driving, you know, politically uh, hot items for eight hours a day while they're trying to do their damn job? Where's the consideration for that, too? I'm, I'm kind of segueing off a little bit, but, I mean, it, it, it's part of it. There's no way to talk. There's no way to talk about all the all the the outcome of all these people quitting and everything without saying the COVID thing, and then you add on all that bullshit too. It's all just a recipe for disaster. And I I I hold business leaders accountable for letting it get this messy. They are accountable, and it's their fault. It's their fault. So what do you do now? Good. I think we need to leave on some kind of a note like that. But before we do, I want to I want to flip the script a little bit. Mm-hmm. So let's imagine for a second. Now, we talked about awareness and desire, and I'm going to stop us there because in the methodology, if you don't have awareness and desire, it's useless to talk about knowledge, ability and reinforcement because you don't have a project. You have a me- you have a mess on your hands that you're going to just try to deal with. And frankly, if I'm a consultant with that kind of a situation, I'm saying, uh, sir, ma'am, you shouldn't do this. Or you need to really go back to the drawing table and rethink what you're doing. You know, like whatever change it is that that has that kind right. of assessment through awareness and desire. Your desire is riddled with with uh, 
resistance. So, and, and I'm telling you, it's a bigger job to knock down the resistance than is worthy to try to do the change that you're trying to do the way you're trying to do it. So my recommendation to you is to rethink. Rethink. Let's redraw this up. What are the new goals? <clears throat> None of that happened. But let's but look but for an olive branch. <laughs> None of that happened. None of that happened. None of that happened. <laughs> well, everybody just pretended like they had no choice. And by the way, not everybody. Uh you know, here in Florida, I've come across all kinds of different businesses and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. I mean, you guys have basically been doing nothing with all this stuff. You you waited. You waited to see if the 100 businesses with 100 people or more would be, you know, supported by the Supreme Court before you actually enacted anything. God, how beautiful is that? Right. <laughs> I was so impressed. So impressed. But a lot of times it's, it's the smaller companies. And before anybody asks, I'm not saying smaller companies with less than 100 people. I'm saying it's just a smaller company. That has the ability to think rationally. A lot of times it's the companies that don't have employees across multiple states. Or when they do have employees across multiple states, they're kind of like here centralized. Particularly in the South is helpful. Um, but, you know, business leaders are like, well, I don't know. I don't, we, we can't do anything. That's what the president said. Well, yeah, you can. You can at least wait. You can at least wait for the Supreme Court ruling uh, to come out. The president with pronouns in their profile. Wait, what? It goes back to what I'm saying. Oh, I, I see. I was it's, like, wait a minute. Does Biden have pronouns in his name? No, but it goes back to what you're saying. Yeah, they yeah. can't say shit to that CEO because he's got or he or she or fucking whatever the genders are now these days have their pronouns. Yeah. And so they already know what they believe. Well, I think. I think so you can't speak up against it. Well, I think the point that you're making is that they're. The point that you're the point that you're, you're you're harshly making once again is it's just hard to speak up. Why can't I make they, it they, harshly? Well, you can, you yeah. can, but I'm just I'm, I'm I got I don't know for whatever reason I got. Isn't speak. harsh real? It is. It is. I think we can all agree there was a. So so if you're a, if you're a junior executive and your senior executive has their fucking pronouns and what they then you already know so you have to keep your mouth shut yeah and yeah. you can't make any change. Yeah, you have a woke boss. You have a woke boss, and so it's like... But isn't that what's going on? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, for sure, all the... It is, and that stifles the I mean, you've too. literally told me. I mean... So. Well, well, I mean, for sure, people of of political leanings are riddled throughout In the chain of certain businesses that we know about, <laughs> there's companies... Like, we know this firsthand. We know it yeah, firsthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna, I mean, you're just going to see that all over the place. You're going to have... Exactly. Yeah, you're going to see that all over the place. You're making a good point. You're making a good point. Um, but let's flip the script here for a second. But, not for long, but let, like, let's flip the script. So awareness and desire. Let's say that you are trying to build awareness and desire with the I need everybody to get vaccinated group. Let's say that the world and society took a popular approach the opposite direction. I need everybody. And say that you're a business leader who comes out and says, we're not doing it. <clears throat> I mean, the first thing I'll say is you have some ammunition that way, too. You know, because there was a legal there was a legal battle with the uh, hundred people or more, and I've mentioned it several times mm -hmm. now 
but you could come out to that group and say, let's see what happens. If the Supreme Court backs it, then, you know, we'll, that'll, that'll give us more data to work from. That'll give us more data to work from. If the Supreme Court says, yep, we're reinforcing the fact that all the companies with 100 people or more, then, then, then we'll take action. You know, I mean, yeah, are I, the, is that group going to buy advisors, into that? I think our advisors from the HR area uh, and HR attorneys that are advising companies is, you know, don't pick this fight. And, but but is there and, less and risk? It takes in that? an exceptionally strong CEO to go against the advice of inside and outside counsel, and inside HR people who know who allegedly know people better than anybody, even though most of them have never run a business or a business unit. They've only run the HR administrative side of the business, away from the business. You know, so so you think call you know calling black and white and making rules. So. You just asked, is there less risk in that? My whole point to all this has a been... A lot of CEOs are going to side CEOs with the CEOs don't and give and a attorneys. fuck if there's less risk in it or not. That's what's been going on. Well, there's a perceived risk that, there's, you know, the, all the data that you just that you laid out earlier is that it's just a bunch of bullshit. The perceived risk is, you know, uh, I don't know what. I suppose I have an employee who's going to sue us that I went to work and I got sick and then, you know, I gave it to yeah. my grandma and I and, and she died. And, and according to, and you know, whatever. And a huge failure, by the way. That didn't work. Yeah. but didn't work like, even where they said it did. How Asia. risky is that, though? How much is that even happening? I mean, and, and, and like, it's what's still, the risk in telling them, just wait, just wait for the... And, and if a CEO asked for the data on that, you know, HR would have nothing. Yeah, they would. There's very few people and, uh, and to I, you for what happened to them medically. Yeah. Especially when 96% of the COVID deaths were two or more comorbidities, the top two being heart disease and obesity. And, I think it was like diabetes. I think it was so, like four three. or more comorbidities. Oh yeah, isn't it? Isn't they had it like two, but you know, something like in the mid '80s, it had four. Yeah, in the mid '90s, it was at least two. I find it. I, I find it. I I can't. Two comorbidities was in the '90s. 90s. I can't wrap my head around how there's less risk in telling the I need everybody to get vaccinated group, uh, hold on versus, um. Asking everybody for their for their vaccination status mm-hmm. and um, disciplining them if they don't do things, do the stuff that they're saying. Uh, if if you don't test every week, charging them more, which all that is very discriminatory. I don't even understand how you can group A and group B. Group B, you got to pay more. Makes no sense. Have no idea how that's Makes not no discrimination. Sense. Group B, you have to do something that Group A doesn't have to do in order to stay employed. Tell Singling me, people tell, out get, for, for for medical and religious reasons that are no fault of their own. What what you know, other? They're, you, they're born with they're born with, yeah, and, and raised in a certain faith, or they're born with a congenital condition medically that says I have a higher propensity to have myocarditis from taking this shot than than, than the general population. I and welcome, the risk for the general population is already greater than getting COVID if I'm. If I'm under the age of 35. Yeah. You know what, Patrick? I think all that is on, like, is 100% right, but it's on the extreme side of things. You shouldn't need all that shit 
You to should, deny a vaccine. You should just say, no, I have a religious exemption and I'm not going to do it. Or, I have or you should just say, I don't agree with the fucking vaccine. Well, I don't want it. Yeah, exactly. I'll yeah. wait for the 10 years. I'll wait for the long-term studies. Thank you very much. Exactly. Just like we do with all the other vaccines. Yeah, I mean, so, so either way, studies. it's discriminatory, like you're saying, Jay. So, so, so the the the, the teeter totter of risk is on one hand, you are you are reaching into somebody's personal choice with no data to back to back it up. The only thing they have to back it up is just a bu- bunch of popular statements from experts. Yeah, you just have a bunch of popular statements. bullshit. And then, and then on the other hand, the risk that you have is that you have somebody who's been vaccinated and is listening to all the statements from experts accusing you as an employer that you might kill me or my family Prove or it. something. Yeah, exactly. Prove it. How the fuck is that not? Yeah. How's that so easy for us to con- yeah. come to that conclusion? I'm but boardrooms so prove that my board- actions gave people COVID and prove that they died. Boardrooms across the nation couldn't have this simple conversation and go, "Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty dumb." Okay, so here's my question: How did that happen? Well, it's obviously there's it, it's hard not to. It it's hard sat not in the boardrooms. Yeah, how did that? It's, it happened the same way, burying. Uh, reasonable and promising repurposed drug treatments for AIDS got buried to promote AZT, the drug that Fauci was invested in, and a lot of other people were invested oh, in. Oh, now we're digging. So we've seen this happen before. <laughs> we've seen this happen before with autism and burying the, uh, the, the vaccine autism link. We've never done a study on that. We've, we, we've made up reasons that, you know, that, that, that obfuscate the truth, just like we did with AIDS. And we we mismanage AIDS the same way we you know, were mismanaging COVID. But I don't think any of it was mismanaged. I think this was on purpose. Like it, it, we've been, I, I would agree with. So you. now that COVID's been happening, the AIDS the AIDS thing has been. There's been no. So I've been seeing a lot of stuff on AIDS lately on the news, like Fox News, CNN, talking about. It's all it's all in our Facebook. Uh, the Fauci real the real Doctor Fauci mismanaged the real, AIDS. The real Tony Fauci, and all he did was make money. Yeah, like. AIDS isn't that easy to get. That's what people don't understand. Like, you get it from butt sex and anal bleeding, dude. <laughs> and they're acting like the whole population is susceptible to get AIDS. Mm-hmm. And then he made all his money off his medication, and now here we are with COVID doing it all the fuck over again. I, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm telling... Well, it's, what I was going to say is it's hard not... It's hard not to uh, assume that it's it's so agenda driven and that people just fall for it and uh, this but, but, this but this people era, want to get back to their reality TV and not have to worry about I know. big heady stuff we're talking like way too freedom. deep right now yeah <laughs> but this, they are ready to move on from this and most of the electorate has already moved on and said okay it probably was fucked up and I'll never know how much it was fucked up exactly. but I just got to get on with my normal life. Yeah. And like how much can we let the shit gas is five bucks a gallon. Uh, seven bucks a gallon (laughs) in California. Yeah. 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 I saw, I was in Tampa yesterday. It was five bucks, four 99. Yeah. That's insane. Um, the, the business leaders of today are culpable for this. This, this is on your shoulders. Uh, you know, the, the higher up you go, shame on you for not standing up. And if you if if you're a leader and you have somebody in any ranks underneath you 
that has been fired over this bullshit, you're you're useless. <laughs> I'm throwing it out, but I mean, I think that you're useless. If you worked for me in the past and you came from my school of leadership and that happened, shame on you. I'm disappointed. It's ridiculous. That's why I left. I wouldn't. I would not. I refused. I refused to discipline anybody over all this. I did not feel like I had the right as a leader in a business to tell people to make a personal health choice. And I just wouldn't do it. Um, Talking about the awareness and desire and trying to flip the script, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I can do it all that much. I mean, I think we tried a little bit there, but I just can't, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that, that line of thinking. I mean, I'm, I, I would welcome if somebody, uh, wants to talk about it I, w- I would be delighted honestly to talk about it like make your point tell me tell me why tell me why this was the right choice with all the data that we see now and then you know data that we're probably going to see as years and years and years unfold tell me why you're right that we should have forced this choice on everybody I mean, I'm not talking to either one of you, obviously, but if there was somebody, but if there was somebody that would come in and do it, um, Kubler-Ross change curve, pull this up. I don't know. This is, do we want to do this? Yeah. All right. I guess I'll talk about it. I wanted to, I suppose probably there was a better time earlier to talk about this, but, but there is something interesting in it. So this is, uh, this is a, uh. This this kind of illustrates the emotions that particularly a resistor goes through, um, <clears throat> and I think it's I think it's uh, I, I think it speaks to what's going on today. So you know you can see the beginning you you have some shock, then you move into denial, then you move into anger. I mean, I saw all that. Where did you get this chart? That's fucking amazing. I mean, it's just on this website. What is this? But has this has this came out since after COVID and shit? No, no. This is this, this is, is old. This is old. Old stuff. Yeah. This, this is, is old stuff. This is like the kind of stuff I did with grad school. Damn. Uh, so, so this is stuff that before COVID, you guys dealt with, just as being part of a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for sure. it's got to be magnified, like the depression, the anger, all that. It's got to be magnified now. Yeah, well, it, well, here's the thing. So I want to I want to point to the the little red line that bounce off. And sorry if you're listening as opposed to watching. We're on YouTube and Spotify. So if you want to watch what we're talking about, go to YouTube. Uh, but we have shock, denial, and you can kind of see like your willingness bouncing around here. Then you got anger, and you dip way down to willingness, and you reach this point. And that red line represents something called it's it's. Uh, it's labeled on there with the emotion of depression and then results in crisis as like kind of an outcome. But uh, when you're right at that intersection of continuing to bounce back up towards compromise and acceptance versus moving off towards depression and crisis, that's called flight risk. That's uh, that, that, you know, you have when you have an employee, ideally you're in a situation as a as a leader and you have, say, I don't know, 15 direct reports. You're paying attention to all 15 during the course of this, you know, and if you're a good leader, you're managing through you're managing them through the emotions of change. And, and, and if you can't tell that you have somebody who's at that crossroad of flight risk versus like kind of moving back towards compromise. And a lot of times the compromise, sometimes the compromise is a lot like what you were talking about earlier with like, you're just a, uh, 
um, damn, what we call hostage. it? Hostage. Hostage. Yeah, yeah. You're just a, you're you're a hostage. So you're just compromising. You're just going. All right. It's not enough to make me quit, but I don't like it. Yeah. You know, good, I'll stick around. Good leader knows his 15 direct reports. Yeah. Her direct reports and yeah. knows where they're at on this. Yeah. Manages them through the emotions of it all. Whether and, they feel like a hostage or whether they're full on board with proceeding with the change or whatever that's being asked. Yeah. Yeah. And to be really granular, what does that look like? You know, it's like, uh, I mean, it could be something like. It's usually a 2020 rule. 20% are all for it. 20% are dead set against it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the rest of us fall in the middle until we get more information. Yep, exactly. But the rest of you is 60%. Because you yeah. said 20 and 20, right? Yeah, yeah. But, they, but they take a lot less work because they're just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Okay, we're doing that now? Mm. They'll move. Okay. Because it's not critical. Do you like it? Uh, I, don't, I don't love it, but I don't really care. Yeah. But they're passionate about other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. I don't mean to make it sound like those want, employees often are. Uh, I want good health insurance. I want a steady job. Yeah, I want like yeah. Whatever. Their Maslow hierarchy of needs yeah. is like some other or direction. I'm really right? only going to work here for three or four years <clears throat> anyway because I'm going to move on. Yeah, exactly. Use the tuition reimbursement. Ooh. Go on to <laughs> better places. I went full nerd on this episode. <laughs> that was, those are some big words way above yeah. my vocabulary. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, if you if you have an employee that is on that cusp of flight risk and you don't know, you are an idiot. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to be full, or or you do know, and you're just it's you know. So the reality is sometimes you're like it's addition by subtraction. You know, we're, we'll let you go. Um, you know, you've been kind of a problem with a whole bunch of other things. You're never on time. You're always complaining about stuff. Whatever. You know, and here we go again with another change that you don't want something to do with. Sometimes that's the case, but sometimes that's not the case. And if you're letting, you know, I guarantee it's not 40 million, you know, people that don't show up on time and are complaining about every change and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's So we have a mass exodus. Yeah. 40 million. Uh, we agree it's due to a failure of leadership. Yeah. To Ryan's question, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. What do we do? What do we do to develop leaders that are willing to call bullshit and say, whoa? I personally believe we're past that. We we allegedly built all these enterprise risk management systems and solutions to satisfy regulators and built departments. And we have uh, executive senior vice presidents, even chief risk officers that, that manage all these. They've these already are, they've already shown risk. their true colors. People risks are huge inside organizations. We've racked and stacked people risks: the risk of losing your people, the risk of losing your revenue streams that you're used to having. Those are big threats to any business. Yeah. Competition, but you know, internal factors and external factors. So, uh, where did all this exceptional risk management get us during COVID? It got us nowhere. Yeah. It got us nowhere. Well, I mean, is it fair to say... I, I blow it up along with the Department of Energy, Department of Education, Department of Commerce, Department of everything other than the military. Well, and, military, and maybe, military and maybe the oh, Fed, shit. but I, I blow up the Fed and rebuild it first. The military's been one of the worst ones. Like, General Milley, that fucking bitch tit you, motherfucker. Like, but, they just but came they all out. need rebuilt. They all need rebuilt. They all need blown up first and then rebuilt. <laughs> new, new ecosystems need to, need to emerge. Um, so, I mean, is it, you know, I mean, obviously one thing is they're paying, for, they are paying for it. They're, they're paying for it right now. 
Oh, yeah, military a, especially. There's a great talent purge going on in corporate America as well as government today. They're paying for it. Uh, I mean, they're they're paying for it literally, mentally, physically. I mean, they're paying more money. They're paying bonuses to get frontline talent in that they, you know, trying to replace good employees that flight risk their way out. Mm-hmm. So they're paying for it. So, so I don't know. Is so it, what is do we it, do? Is it possible? Is I, it? I, I think there's a couple things we do. We, we never stop fighting the fight. You know, we got to keep speaking up. You got to keep educating people. You got to yeah. keep nudging people along. Okay, you're one of those 60% that's been sitting in the middle doing nothing but watching your business implode. Maybe it's time you speak up too. Yeah. So I think I that's just, part of it. I think the other part of it is we can never let up on the follow-up investigation and analysis and assessment of the damage and control. We have to go back and look at all the broken lives, the broken families, the broken, you know, the suicides. The That shit has to be all, a factor in the assessment. And, and, and the economic costs, because the economic costs have direct correlate, correlation and causation to increases in uh, child abuse, increases in spousal abuse, increases in all kinds of bad things that happen inside the home. But I mean, let alone at work. Is it too optimistic to think that some of this is starting to happen already? Um, is that too optimistic? Because I think it is. I don't I think, think it is. I, I think I, people we, are we, getting we tired. Have, we still I have, have a very split electorate that you know still believes, yeah, if we had to do this again, we'd have to But do I have that. been noticing more even liberals speak up and be like, yeah. this is fucking crazy. We need to get our lives back. I saw that... Uh, then here comes monkeypox. I saw that Georgia and... Correct me. Oh, here, actually, let me let me get this right. So sorry. So sorry. Let me get this right. Yeah, you broke the seal. Yeah. Broke, the, broke the seal, buddy. Uh, but but new governance structures need to be put in place over the FDA, over the CDC. You can't have the fox running then watching that house with approving the drugs that you're uh, financially invested in and make money off the patents thereof. Uh, that makes no sense. You know, how can you be the, the safety cop when you stand to make money? If we approve this drug, that that's just a sick and wrong struct. That's just one example of many structural elements that need to be fixed inside dozens of federal agencies, let alone state agencies. Yeah, I agree. Um, so just keep fighting the fight. The stat that I was looking for, and and along the lines of it, might it might be happening already. Uh, one one point nine million more voters turned out in Georgia. Uh, with a 96% increase in Republican turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, somebody might flaw the fact that we're, like, so eagerly pointing this. But there, but there is there is truth. The uh, pro-everybody-get-vaccinated or get tested or, you know, you know that's, that's absolutely left-wing Democrat ideology. You know, and then the opposite, for the most part, is the Republican ideology. So I'm making a dotted line uh, analogy with with that data but uh yeah 1.9 more people 96 percent increase in republican turnout in georgia the state that uh couldn't have the all-star game because the voter laws were jim crow era i mean it's just absolute nonsense and less restrictive than delaware and yeah. At least half a dozen other European and countries, maybe I, maybe a couple dozen European countries. 
I don't know if this is right either, but I think it was uh, Colorado was actually more stringent, and that's where they moved the All-Star game to. Uh, mm-hmm. It's nonsense. <clears throat> All right, well, let's let this big guy back in here. Um, <clears throat> let's start landing the plane. I think I think we kind of. Oh, that was great. This is yeah. Sick yeah, yeah, super fun, man. We, you know, I mean, we're like based it in like knowledge. I think we have to challenge our CEOs and other executives to grow spine and be willing to stand up to government, and yeah. be willing to stand up to your local county health commissioner who has an ungodly amount of power that was never voted on. Uh, by anybody, but that's what that's the public health system we've developed. Damn. the The unfortunate truth is that it is it is. Uh, and they make three hundred thousand dollars a year, by the way. At least that's yeah. one. You know, my county that I used to live in in, in Ventura County. Probably more that's since COVID. County health committee. Yeah, that, that's. A, I think that includes his most recent. They're, they're probably getting bonuses for yeah. how many people in their city get vaccinated yeah. and shit. To, to tell people to sit at home yeah. and stay stay indoors and don't get sunlight. Deprive yourself of vitamin D. Well, I mean, that, just, go, that just goes back to, to like, that just goes back to the early stages of COVID where hospitals were literally getting hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars to report positive COVID cases, even if it might not have been COVID. Which also inflated our COVID deaths and COVID cases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally lost what I was about to say. So. How many keep, people had a cold? Keep fighting a fight and tell people to grow. grow tell leaders in every, there you go. There you go. every arena. That prompted it. Not just business, but in government as well, to grow a spine. Yeah, what I was about and to speak say. Speak up for what's right and speak up for a process that encourages discussion and debate before we make a decision as a society. Straight up. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's reinforcing like what we're doing with this. Because, you know, if nothing else, this is this is good for me. I mean, it's good therapy to have these kinds of conversations. And if... You know, anybody listens to it, then that's great. But, uh, you know, the thing I'll say, too, though, is that it's it's taxing. You know, it's like to keep speaking up, to keep fighting the fight. Uh, But that's what that's the warrior of today. Is it not is, you know, changing minds and going, what the fuck are you talking about? Democracy is the worst form of government on Earth, except for all the alternatives. (laughs) And that's a Winston Churchill. Well, because for every three of us. So it is hard work. Because, because democracy is hard work, and it's messy and it's sloppy and but i think i think we did something better today than we have in the past and that's where we base it around like some actual knowledge and psychology and you know applied it to um you know some some real logical thinking i think we probably need to do some more of that that'd be good i don't know we'll see it was fun it was fun to do it i would compliment ryan on his continued pursuit of individual freedom and Spreading his wings across the globe wherever yeah, you go. Absolutely, with your man. Future ventures. I'm nothing, guys. I'm just. Yeah, but no, but what I'm he's saying is just. Gypsy. Go- I'm just a gypsy in the world. You got that gypsy blood. Yeah, I don't even. I just want to see things from a broader perspective. Yeah, you'll see. It. You'll come back. I think so. Perspective. Perspective. Perspection. Perspection is. A new Ryanism. I mean, that's my we biggest call, thing, we call though. That's we call my them big, Ryanisms. That's my <laughs> biggest thing, though, is like everybody's got these big world ideas and they've never left their zip code for fucking 40 years. Yeah, yeah it is. It is uh, wisdom building. Well, let's get the hell out of here. Let's uh, I think we that think was so fun. Time. I had a good time. Yeah, I had a good time, too. Patrick, good time thanks, too. thanks for joining us yeah. again. Uh, episode number two, three, actually. 
uh, you know, there's that hidden one that we lost all the camera work for. <laughs> but uh, Or no, the sound. We lost the sound for it. I'm trying not to do that again. Right. But, uh, yeah, let's bounce. Uh, let's do it again. Yep. I don't know how to end this. We'll see you later. Have a good day. I love you guys. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs>